Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and this is my conversation with actor Laura Vandervoort. For those of you who are new to the podcast, the Morning Geekdom is a place where friends congregate to discuss all things pop culture. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get started. All right, everyone, someone that I've, when I started the podcast, the, the main person, the first person that I, I really wanted to do an interview with, that's someone that I've followed their career for, for a long time, been a fan of for, for a long time, who's been in the industry for uh, a decent amount of years, is Laura Vandervoort. So I'm super excited to have her on here. How are you doing, Laura? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am <laughs> great. I'm a little nervous. Why? Eh, just because <laughs> I'm me and you're you, and it's just, I don't know, a little nervous. Yeah, but we're friends, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just put, I'll just make you really uncomfortable on purpose. Don't worry yeah, about it. <laughs> that's fine. But you're like the nicest person because you're Canadian. True that. Yep, I am. Um, I actually, random side story, was going to the doctor's today and a girl wanted to cut in in traffic. I'm in Los Angeles right now. And uh, she stopped and waved at me and I waved that she could go in front of me. And then we ended up going to the same doctor's office. She's like, oh, you're the girl that let me in. I was like, yeah, I'm Canadian. She's like, I am too. I'm like, that's why you asked to be let in. You were nice about it. So, so is yeah. it like you go first? No, you go first. No, I insist you go first. Is that like how the conversation yeah. goes? Yes. Yes. Okay. And it's even right down to like, if someone were to step on my foot, I would apologize to them for being in their way. And that's just, that's just the Canadian way. I mean, that's what they say. <laughs> that's <laughs> okay. So it's not all an act? No, no, nope. <laughs> I was going to say, because I've seen it. You're like the like one of the nicest people I've ever met. So that, that can't oh, be an thank act. You. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. <laughs> How's your dog? How's Frankie? She's good. She's in Canada right now. Um, so I miss her. It's only been like a week that I've been apart from her because I've got work to travel to on the weekends. But um, she's great. Love of my life. Just did a dog photo shoot <laughs> with her. Have her framed on my wall. You know. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how dogs do that? I know, right? Well, you have the same same deal, except now you have a baby. I do, and I struggle with one of the biggest questions that was that was coming up when when Nicolette was pregnant was like, what if the dog and the baby don't get along? <laughs> that's a huge. Con- I mean, that's a real concern. You yeah. don't want to, and you don't want to give Harry less attention because you have a child. Yeah. But I mean, that's just the way of the world that does happen. But there must be so much, I would have so much guilt if I'm like not paying attention to Frankie anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was one of, so I did the, the cliche daddy boot camp thing, which was a nightmare, but I felt better about where I was like going into uh, the delivery of, of Violet, where some of the other guys that were there were just like, how do I hold a baby? What do I do? I don't know. But one right. of the biggest concerns was from almost all the guys is like, I have a pet. <laughs> what if they don't get along? And like one of the guys had even gone so far as like he bought a baby, like a doll, and was like trying to get his dog to become like friends or become Aww. okay. Yeah, it was cute. But then he's like, my dog's super aggressive with it. And I was like, oh, man. It bites the head off. You're like, yeah. yeah. Did you, so a daddy boot camp, I've never heard of that, but I think that's great. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I think it's amazing you did that. Um, <laughs> How did you introduce um, them to each other? Like there's a technique to it, right? Bringing the baby into the home with the dog. And- yeah. Yeah. So um, what I did was, so we had a long, Nicolette had had a long uh, labor and delivery. It was somewhere, it was a lot, long time, 2, 2 a.m. it finished. Um, okay. The next morning I took one of Violet's um, dirty diapers and then I took her 
a stocking cap that they give her like right as she's born, um, which had some of the the fluids and whatnot and mm-hmm. brought it home to Harry and let him essentially like sniff it. And then I gave him the the hat to keep and he took it to his bed and was like licking it. And then the diaper, I let him, you know, just kind of investigate and then took that, took that away um, just so he could get a sense of the smell and everything. And then we also set her nursery up really, really early. Right. So, so that he got he used get to comfortable. it. Yeah. Smart. So, Smart. yeah. So that's a, uh, that's it. Not that I'm a baby expert or anything. Yeah. By well, any you means. know more than I do at this point. So I'll, whatever you have to say, I'll listen. Yeah. The wife is the real MVP. Like Nicolette's the real, the real Obviously, MVP. Yes. I'm just, Hey, point me in a direction. Tell me what to do. Well, you're a good man for knowing that and saying that because <laughs> that's the case usually. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. So I had the luxury, luxury, I don't know if that's the right word. Honor. <laughs> I don't uh, think it's the right word. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to see uh, a couple of us got to go to a screening of your new movie, Rabid, last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah we got to got to see you. Um, yeah, I was so thankful that you came with your friends um, and supported me and we got to sit near each other and um, yeah. Just to have your your support meant a lot. So thank you. And all of my oh. girlfriends that came, Marnie, Lisa, Grace, um, everybody, uh, Stephanie, Melissa, thank you. Yeah. And Grace, by the way, had like the the, the best shirt on ever. I know, especially <laughs> for last night. It was great. I, I actually yeah. have that shirt. Um, it's a Canadian designer. So it says babe supporting babes. Yeah. It was funny. I liked it. Um, yeah. So... I enjoyed the heck out of the movie. I know you and I talked about it. Uh, I thought, I don't know, do we want to give a little background on the on the film if anybody doesn't aware of it? So it's, it's sure it hasn't got a theatrical release yet. I believe it's coming out in December. Correct? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I I, I I thought that's a, that's what I heard last night. I could be incorrect, but I'm I'm pretty sure December. Um, uh, I have a Netflix series coming out in December as well, which we can talk about after. Yeah. Yeah. V Wars. I'm super excited about yeah. that. I didn't yeah, know that had, yeah. a, had a had a release date yet. Um, it's tentatively December, um, so fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So rabbit. Anyways, so we won't go <laughs> into it too long. Um, I saw it last night. Enjoyed it. Thought your performance was great. Um, there's a lot. You're doing a lot without being able to to speak. So you're yeah. doing. There's a lot of emoting. Uh, it's a kind of a physical role because body language, your eyes, and everything. I just want to hear a little bit about like that process and how difficult that was with, you know, you're not able to speak. You're not able to communicate with your, with your, the other actors with the exception of writing. Mm -hmm. So how, how is that? Like, what is that process like? Um, So the, just the backstory, it's a, it's a remake of a Cronenberg film from the Um, seventies. But my character in, in the process of the film her face becomes smashed in and uh, she can't speak. She has bandages on. Her mouth is sewn shut. It's very gory. The <laughs> process, um, it's in itself, the prosthetics took a couple hours. And um, it's essentially like a, a night guard, but that has teeth on the front of it. Mm-hmm. So I have to bite down and hold this thing in place. And then there's prosthetics over it. So I literally... My mouth is clenched in all of the scenes to hold the teeth in, and there's drool forming um, in the prosthetic. But it was interesting to me because I didn't think uh, ahead about – I mean, I knew I would have to emote through the eyes, but in all honesty, that's what actors should be uh, doing. And that's where human beings emote from the most is their eyes. They're the windows to our soul. So – but when I – it came to – 
certain scenes where I was crying and breathing heavy, that was difficult because it was muffled and not coming out. And, and no matter how much I was crying and emoting, you couldn't hear it. Um, so that was frustrating for me because there was no level that I could go to that would show anything different. And it was all through the eyes. So um, I, I actually enjoyed that uh, because it had to become more of a subtle performance. And, uh, you know, I think hopefully it came across that way. Yeah, I, it, it does. I think that the breathing is what got me the most. So mm. like you're again, able to convey emotion with your breathing. And yeah. Which is, which is, I don't know, not something I thought I would say. But I mean, that, that's like, I mean, that's stuff they teach in acting school. Uh, but I never had a chance to really get into that until I was on set. And yeah. and yeah, you, you go, okay, if I breathe this way with this little like um, break in my voice, that shows that this is happening to me internally. So it was figuring out how to make those sounds emote what my eyes were emoting, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, you did a good job. Thank you. It. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks uh, for coming. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for inviting us. Um, you got it. Before we start talking about V-Wars, which I'm excited about, I think I've asked you like 20 times when that's coming out. <laughs> yes. Um, what do you, is there something you're watching right now? Like TV wise? Cause I know, again, we've had conversations where I'm like, Hey, have you watched this? And you're the like queen of, yes, I've watched that. Yes. I've watched that. Yes. I've watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've fallen behind. There's so much, uh, quality programming out there right now. It's yeah. hard for any of us to keep up. So I'm doing the, whatever people say is a great show. If I hear it enough times, I'll yeah. check it out. Um, I just finished, uh, well, I, I've started The Succession, um, okay. which I'm hearing gets even better. So I'm going to continue that. But uh, is it the politics? Is the series called Politics? Politicians. Uh, politicians. Yeah, yeah. So I finished yeah. Politicians. Um, whew, uh, Mindhunters. Fantastic. Right. Loved it. Uh, that's kind of, that's all, that's the only thing that's been on my radar so far. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's others that I've started and just sort of it, yeah, it fizzled yeah, out. out of mind. Yeah. But I'm very into podcasts right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just um, obsessed with to live and die in Los Angeles uh, by Neil Strauss. And wow, it's based on a true story okay. of a girl, of a girl that went missing here in Los Angeles last year. Interesting. Um, was I was very enthr enthralled with it. Yeah, I haven't listened to that one. I did, based on one of the recommend recommendations from uh, Damien, who's one of the other uh, gentlemen on the podcast. Uh, it's called S Town. Have you heard of that one? Uh, that sounds yeah, yes. I think I have that on my phone. Yeah. Okay, so that's a that's a very very good one. I think it's a investigative journalism. Uh, okay. I think you would enjoy that a lot. It's not like true crime. It's a it's essentially they a, a guy contacts uh, a journalist about a town that he lives in in Alabama that he refers to as shit town. So that's why it's called S town and about how the cops are crooked and there's all these things happening. And so the, after like a year and a half of contacting this guy, uh, the journalist journalist goes and meets him in Alabama. And then it's just like the, you would think that it's scripted the stuff he sees hmm. and deals with and the characters of like these real life people seem like they're characters. It's, it's crazy. I think I finished it's eight episodes all an hour. I finished it in like two days. Because it was just, I got to listen to the next one, next one, next one. Same with To Live and Die in Los Angeles. It was 12 episodes plus yeah. like bonus episodes. Uh, I finished in two days. It <laughs> so was great. 
Yeah, I got to do it. And and also Limetown, um, I listened to that a long time ago, and I kept trying to see if I could develop it into a series. And then I get back to LA, and I'm like, well, there's the billboard with, uh, I think it's Jessica Biel, or, or no, not Jessica Biel, uh, some actress, and it's already a series, but it's a great podcast. Okay. I'll have to check that one out, too. Are you, uh, is this like you just banging out podcasts and TV and stuff on your travels? Like when you're traveling a lot or just in your downtime? Uh, mostly downtime. Um, but, uh, you, when I'm, when I'm traveling, if I'm on a plane, I'm usually trying to read scripts. Like I've got three that I have to read on the flight this weekend and on the way back. Um, so it makes it tough to actually sit and just read a book for pleasure because yeah, I, I feel like if I'm reading, I need to be reading for work. So the podcasts are great because I don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> it's right. not like I'm sitting down reading um, and I can just sort of use my imagination and drift off and relax. Is a is podcasting something like you're interested in doing maybe in the future? Possibly. I mean, I doubt I ever will because technology <laughs> and I are not friends. You saw how difficult it was to get me on this thing. It's easy. Um, <laughs> like if I can, if my, if me and my schlubby friends can all do it, like you can definitely do it. No. Well, <laughs> may, may, maybe down the road, but right now I'm, I'm uh, really focused on producing more. For sure. um, I've got three films in development right now and just executive produced my first film that I developed and starred in um, with Gordon Pinson, who's an iconic yep. Canadian actor. So are we talking about age of dysphoria? Yes, we are. <laughs> why, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Because I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart. You're super excited about it. I am, yeah. Um, so a little backstory, I guess. Um, for those of peop- you listening, um, you may not know who Gordon Pinsent is, or if you do, you're likely Canadian. <laughs> um, he's an iconic Canadian actor who's 88, and he's been my mentor since I was 12. Um, he's a distant relative and the first person I knew in this business. So I, my mom wrote to him when I was 12 that I was getting into this stuff. And um, we started writing letters and he encouraged me and gave me advice. And then he showed up my first day of set on Goosebumps and just prepped me for the day. Uh, and he's been my mentor ever since. It's been like 22 years and I really wanted to work with him. So I was fed up of waiting for the universe to align and bring us together <laughs> on a project. <laughs> so I, I created and um, produced a, a film called Age of Dysphoria, which luckily he said yes to, and we star in together. And um, without giving too much away, it's about, uh, I mean, dysphoria means dissatisfaction in life. And I wanted Age of Dysphoria because Age of Dysphoria represents dissatisfaction in life, no matter what your age group is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, Based around that, and these two characters have uh, an incident that happens in their lives that is connected and connecting them. And um, yeah, I don't want to give anything else away. (laughs) (laughs) So I know, again, you and I have talked about this. I'm super excited to see it. I know, I think a little bit more about the story. And so obviously, I'm not going to give anything away either. No, definitely. (laughs) Uh, But I'm excited. I'm excited. You're just starting to... Uh, put it into film festivals, right? For consideration? Yes, we're submitting um, to a bunch of festivals for consideration. And we did an Indiegogo campaign after we shot the film um, to raise money for post-production and submitting to festivals, which gets pricey because there's thousands of festivals. 
So we had a great turnout with the with the Indiegogo campaign. I mean, we received more than expected. We had a private donor. It it was phenomenal. So um, and we had a great post production team. We had the editor from The Shape of Water. Um, it was it was like a full on passion project for everyone because the finances weren't necessarily as high as these talented people had been used to getting, but they read the script and we had relationships with them. And that's where it pays to have been nice to people throughout (laughs) your career. (laughs) Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah. It's funny if you burn bridges, how they never rebuild themselves. But if you're nice and just genuine, people want to support you. And Canadian. And Canadian. (laughs) So when is it, are there any film festivals that it's coming out at anytime soon or is it something that you know we're looking at a couple months um they, they all differ um yeah. but a lot of the there's response dates when they have to respond um whether or not you've been accepted and i don't think any of those start until december so we won't even hear back for a while right but our director jessica patel who's an incredibly talented director um is is really on top of that stuff and she shot such a great film um so it's in good hands. She knows what she's doing. And Zoe Robin is uh, our writer who just knocked it out of the park. Short films are difficult to write because you have to get so much information in in, in a short time frame. And mm-hmm. she she killed that. Um, and we had a great producing team. Brad Turner, who's my executive producer on V Wars, signed on and is producing this film. Uh, Jessica is also a producer on V Wars, and she's executive producer and directing my film. So. While we were on set of V Wars, Jessica and I would like huddle in the corner and talk about our own projects <laughs> and anytime we had a chance. That's funny. Again, yeah. building relationships and then from the relationships, you know, other projects uh, kind of blossom. That's awesome. Yeah. Spawning new life from old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So V Wars. So yes. coming out in December tentatively or is tentative. that official? I think it's tentative still, um, okay. but I'm the consistent word on the street is December. So okay. I'm going with that. Um, and, and V Wars is based on a, a book series, correct? Yes. Okay. And um, Ian Summerhalder is our lead uh, and producer and director of some of the episodes. And Adrian Holmes um, as well is, is the lead. And he's mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, incredibly talented Canadian actor who I originally worked with for the very first time on a movie called Damage that I did with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Um, so it, it, it was nice to come back around and work together again. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the, the synopsis of that? Of the viewers? Yeah. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're allowed to. You're I, I, don't, I don't actually know what I'm allowed and not allowed okay. to do in my life story. Fair um, enough. But I can tell you it's about vampires uh, and the... The divide, I guess. I don't, I mean, I'm sure you could look something up and I'm sure they've released a more clear synopsis. Right. But I'm just going to play it safe. (laughs) No, I don't blame you. Especially, I mean, you don't want to upset Netflix. No, no. (laughs) Big elephant in the room. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll just say now, very happy to be working with Netflix. I love you, Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, that's probably the right way to go. (laughs) Yes. All right. So, um, on the podcast, occasionally uh, we do long form movie discussions. So we'll pick a movie and we'll talk about it for an hour and a half. And we have uh, certain 
criteria, certain um, subjects we bring up, certain um, categories, and it's kind of the same formula every every episode that we do. Your favorite movie is what? Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her, which is such a underrated, like, I think people forget about that movie yeah. oh, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, like it's a serious cast. It is. It is. I mean, it's an older film and I think it became one of my favorites because I was younger and it just, I, I was so enthralled with it. It was dark and comedic and it was this incredible cast. Um, and it's something that I watch every year, but yeah, I, I can't even pinpoint it. And then if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, I just think there was so many little nuances that, uh, yeah, like you said, are underrated. Um, did I say that right? Underrated? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that it's one of those movies that again is a dark comedy. It yeah, almost I has like, like a horror, a horror feel to it, feel to it, but it's not like obviously horror cause it's comedy as well, but it has like those, mm-hmm. those dark elements and it's, it's very funny. Yeah. And I, I, uh, grew up really liking, um, Tim Burton. So, I don't know if that's sort of what directed me there. And and I, I think when I originally saw it, I thought it was a good movie, but it wasn't until I was older that I began to appreciate it more sure. for whatever reason. And I do have a signed Death Becomes Her poster <laughs> in my house, Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, Goldie, all, everyone signed it, prized possession. So you're like a legit, you turn into like a legit fan at that point. I guess so. Yeah. 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 That's good. So you said you liked Tim Burton growing up. What, what Tim Burton fan, uh, what Tim Burton movie is your favorite or what, what few Tim Burton movies, if you can narrow them down? Um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind would be Edward Scissorhands. Okay. Yeah, of course. Right. That's a um, classic. Yeah. I think that that was just like the first time that might've been actually, I wonder if that was the first Tim Burton film that I had ever seen. What year was that? It might be, uh, I want to say 90. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right. Um, yeah. But like even his more recent work, like Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, I read that book and then he did the film. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sweeney Todd, Corpse Bride. Like it's, it's again, it's that like visually his movies are stunning. Yeah. Um, he always has a great cast, but I just like that dark take on life yeah. in whatever manner he does it. Sleepy Hollow. like It's very stylized. Tim Bur- like You see a Tim Burton movie and you're like, that's a Tim Burton movie and you like it for those elements. He's exactly. also obviously a talented filmmaker. Have you, uh, something I always recommend to people that, that are Tim Burton fans but maybe haven't seen it is Ed Wood, which is... No. Okay, so that's Johnny Depp. It's like 94-ish. That's the one that Martin Landau won his Academy Award for. And it's a oh, wow. it's a, a movie about the director, Ed Wood. So it's like, it's Bill Murray, Sarah Jessica Parker, Patricia Arquette, uh, Johnny Depp, Vincent D'Onofrio. Like it has a, a pretty, pretty serious cast, all black and white. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, I love it. It's in my top like 10 favorite movies of all time. So I'm going to watch that tonight. <laughs> all right. I don't know where uh, you can no, find I... it. I don't think it's like streaming That's... anywhere. I'm sure you can rent it like on Amazon or something though. That's the problem. There's, there's, I often like want to go back to film school in my mind and watch these projects and they're impossible to find. I'm even developing a movie that had a similar tone to it for the move, uh, like the movie, my, uh, not my girl, uh, now and then. 
Okay. I'm, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. Have you seen that? Not a yep. lot of guys have. Of course. Uh, but I, for the life of me, could not find it anywhere. I would have to fully go buy like a VHS and get a VHS player. Um, so, so that's unfortunate. Well, I'm so I'm still one of the like few people that buys physical media. So like I still Tuesdays go out and buy like Blu-rays or 4K discs still. Why? Um, <laughs> I like the like the having it. I don't like, right. you know, having something on like digital download or just I don't I don't want to have to rely on uh, the internet, essentially, like my internet service for me to be able to watch a movie. Like I still like opening the drawers of like yeah, the hutch, f- finding a movie, picking it out, putting, I don't know. I just, I still enjoy that. I totally get it. It's the tangibility. Yeah. You, yeah. you want to hold it in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Although, you know, a lot of my friends would say it's the tchotchkes and like, Hey, your stuff, your life doesn't need to be stuff. Like you can just right. get rid of all your stuff, but I don't know. I still like it. Well, Hey, you do so, you. <laughs> you do you. So you like, you uh, I know that you're into, you're into Halloween, correct? Yes. Yeah. So every year it looks like you go to, I don't know if it's either universal for the horror nights or you do like the haunted hayride. You do all the stuff that the people on this podcast, we like to do as well. Oh yeah. What yeah. Is, I, uh, sorry. Continue. I was just going to say, <laughs> I got which, excited. <laughs> so which is your favorite? So you go to those two particularly, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes, though, um, basically, right when I landed in Los Angeles, uh, I did Universal Horror Nights with my girlfriends. Um, And we recently did the Haunted Hayride, which was very disappointing this year. It's just not scary anymore. Yeah. And it's not that I've changed. It's it's just they're not just they're not putting the effort in. Hmm. Um, And uh, I think we might be going to something tonight. Oh. We tried it, and there's there's apparently a haunted. I I doubt I'm gonna go. I'm so tired from the screening last night. <laughs> but uh, there's apparently a tour you can go on. Maybe you've done it. Um, I must just be around Halloween. But you can. It's like a tourist bus or like a walking tour of all hmm. of the murder places in Los Angeles. Mm-mm, I haven't done that. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird that this intrigues me. But like you could <laughs> go to you know, Black Dahlia's doctor's house, the man that they suspected killed her. Yeah. Um, they're like where there's all of like the historical Los Angeles crime. You can go to those locations and they tell you the history of it. And I, and I, it's not that I, I'm interested because I love murder and gore. I'm interested because it's people's stories. And I, I find that compelling, you know, what happened to yeah. them? How did they get there? Um, I don't know what it is. That's well, history it too. Is. I mean, it's it's yeah. history, and it's I don't know. I think for me, it's I hear these stories, and it's human nature to be kind of intru- not intrigued by them, but to to want to know about it, to learn about it, because it's something that you're obviously you wouldn't do something like that, you know. So it's no, like and the, it, go ahead. It it's, it's I was gonna say it's also in a weird way um, an educational thing in that okay, so that's not safe. Don't yeah. do like we all know. Don't go jogging at night by yourself in the dark. But it's it's more than that. It's how to protect yourself. Um, even on Neil Strauss's recent podcast, Deliver Die in L.A., he talks about Google and how they track you, mm-hmm. and he gives you a link that you can go to to see how long you've been tracked, and if you want to turn it off, you can. So he sent me that link, and of course I checked, and 
my location stuff has been turned off. But in my mind, I'm like, because this is how a lot of the crime stories, detectives, cops find victims is by their Google search or their hmm. Google tracking. Yeah, like their geo um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 so here's the conflicting conversation in my head. Do I turn it on in case something happens? Right. However, if I turn it on, that's also giving people with bad ideas a location to find me if they're able to use this technology. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You you know. What is going on in your mind? <laughs> like you're genuinely, oh, genuinely worried about that. You need to stop listening to so many damn true crime podcasts <laughs> and going on <laughs> uh, murder tours of L.A. <laughs> it's only around October and then it all goes back to sunshine and butterflies. That's right. I'll go back to Canada and you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we go to, we went to not scary farm. We do that every year. A group of us go to not scary farm. Uh, and I still enjoy it. Obviously I'm in orange County, so it's a lot closer for me than right. driving all the way up to, to, uh, universal, but Universal's good. Like the times we've went, it's been good. The set pieces are really good. Like they put much more effort into, like their houses and then obviously like the their their IP is is pretty strong like the stranger things and all that. Oh, that's great. I've never done the knots one. Knots is fun. Um it's a it's they've been doing it longer than anybody else if I'm not mistaken like in the country that type of thing. Um but it's a little more hokey. Like it's it's yeah. a little more run down. Um but I've never done the ha- uh, haunted hayride ever. And I I, I mean that, at this point I I would say don't go. I know it used to be really good though. No, yeah, it it did. I've done it several times, but um, yeah, it was not this year. No, no. You, you guys, I'm, should... I'm usually very jumpy, and I <laughs> didn't jump jump at all. Yeah, you guys should try to go to knots. Like I, I mean, if you get an opportunity to go to that one, I think it's fun. But don't go. They do theirs on Thursday nights as well as like Friday, Saturday, Sundays, which I don't believe Universal does. Go on a Thursday because it's there's like hardly anybody there. Okay. Like everything right. we went on, every every maze we went through was like a 15, 20 minute wait. Okay. That's not bad. No. Unless I mean, you're it getting. It could be worse. Yeah. Like two hours at Universal. Yeah. <laughs> unless yeah. unless you're getting that front of the line pass. Yeah. That's what we did this year. We weren't playing around. Yeah. You're like, I got to, I got to spend my money wisely and do it. Yeah, exactly. I don't blame you. Shout out to Universal if they ever want to invite us for free to the horror night. <laughs> Let's see if we can make that happen. Um, are we allowed to talk about Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire since it's October? Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. So 19 years ago. So this movie randomly pops up, obviously. I don't know how this isn't heavier in the like freeform uh, like, rotation. Mm. It's got to be, right? It's, it's, it's up there with like Hocus Pocus. It's on in that same time frame. Oh, my frame. God. You're saying it's up there with Hocus Pocus. That means, like, that's crazy because Hocus Pocus was my childhood Halloween movie. So, um, you don't think I'm, it is? I, I'm, I don't know. It it was a movie that I did 19 years ago, and I think it's fun and cute and it's family friendly. But like, if I watch my performance from 19 years ago, it, I cringe. Laura, what do you think I, the performances are like in Hocus Pocus? Amazing. So I know, I know what you're saying. You know I know what, what you're saying. saying. I mean, not the adults, but the kids, but, yeah. um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I just, someone, it popped up on Twitter or Instagram. Someone 
a, a fan tweeted to me that it was going to be on Disney Channel or whatever yeah. the this this October, um, or it's just available on demand. But um, yeah, a lot of and a lot of people were like, "Holy shit, that's you!" I didn't even realize. <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Yeah, it was 19 years ago." Of course, you don't realize. You're like, I don't cute. look the same because it was 19 years ago. Exactly. And that's one of the things that I constantly have to bite my tongue, even at, you know, conventions when people talk about Smallville, which I was 18 years old <laughs> on. And they wonder when they come up to the table, ask why I don't look the same. I'm like, what do you expect me to say? I was 18. People actually have the balls to say, like, why don't you look the same? Yeah. Yeah. They, people have the balls to do any of that the comments on you physically because I mean we love our fans but there's just some that think that it's okay to comment on that stuff and I, I mentioned this before in a my friend's podcast um you know you can't you can't you just can't you it, there's like a weird ownership sometimes that people think that they have over actors because they've watched them for so long or grew up watching them. And that's cool. And that's great. And like, yeah, ask me about my dog and, um, and, and thank you for coming and supporting and we couldn't do it without you, but like, don't ask why certain parts of your body are different sizes now. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy, but I think you're like encapsulated in their mind in that age as a character. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when someone, I, I got to imagine when someone's going to see you at a convention, you're, you're Supergirl. You're not Laura Vandervoort. Right. And right? I get that. Yeah. I get that. And I do. And if, it, and if there's children, obviously I am Supergirl and I play the part, but, um, and I know people are coming to see Kara Kent Supergirl. I mean, they do come for other shows like V yeah. and, and Bitten, but, uh. I know that that's a big character for a lot of people and, and a lot of people grew up on my character being their Supergirl. Sure. So I always want to keep that in mind and, and, and I love that, but I'm just going to say, you know, <laughs> watch, watch, watch what you're commenting on. I mean, I think the rule of thumb is, would you say that to, would you say that same thing to like your spouse? Right. That that would be right. how you should. Would you want someone to say it to you? These are real simple rules of just human interaction. Exactly. Yes. For so me, that's a good way to put it. Would yeah. you say that to your spouse? Yeah. For me, I. So if I find an, an actor that I enjoy a, a performance and I will usually seek out their other work. So, for instance, you know, I've seen Supergirl. I've seen V. I've seen, you know, Coffee Shop. Right. Coffee. Yeah, I've seen yeah. like <laughs> I've seen all of that stuff because I enjoy your work. So I seek out other things you've done. So yeah, that's why I it's hard for me to to understand how someone would like objectify you to that. But I also they they're not seeing you, they're seeing, you know, like you said, they're yeah. seeing Elena from from Bitten. They're not seeing Laura. There's different I think there I think it just comes down to there's different types of fans. There's those that love a series and love you in that character, but like you, unlike you, don't search out other projects you've done. They sure. just love that character, not necessarily you. Um, but for, for people that enjoy the, the actor and their performance, I highly suggest going outside of that specific genre that you love them from and seeing what else they do, because that's just a small piece of them as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get that. And uh, obviously you know, you guys love your fans. So that's, 
right? Yeah. You do it for them. It's, yeah. You couldn't do it without them. So it's important. So you're doing some Entirely. conventions coming up, right? Yeah, I am. Um, I've got two, three coming up. Um, and uh, we're going with the Smallville cast. But, uh, you know, I'm there for a lot of the people do come for Smallville since there's like four of us going. But I, I sign for anything. Uh, Jigsaw, like whatever you watch that you're into, I'll sign for that. Sure. Um, so yeah, this weekend is Columbus, Ohio, a wizard world. Have you been to Ohio before? No, okay. but, uh, what's round on both ends and high in the middle. <laughs> Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> Did I mention I'm 90 and so are my jokes? I was going to say, that's like a real dad joke vibe. Yeah. I've got, <laughs> I've actually only got one real joke that I recycle on every set. I'd like uh, to hear because it. It's, it's clean ish. Um, wait, is that a prerequisite of like jokes on set? It has to be clean ish. I mean, it should be, I mean, it should be, there could be children, there's children. Um, but when there's like awkward silence and crew is setting up and I, I just like to say this. So it's, um, what do you call it when Batman leaves church early? Damn it. I feel like I should know this and I don't, I probably said this to you. I don't know. A Christian Bale. <laughs> you have not, but that is good. <laughs> I'm sadly that is my only real joke. You're like so, I'm here. There, there I'm you here go. all week. I'm here all week with the same joke. Uh, um, <laughs> Thanks for your pity laugh. No, it, that was funny. What is your what's your favorite genre of film? Because I know obviously you've done sci-fi, you've done horror, you've done again. <laughs> Mom's got a date with a vampire. I don't know what genre that really fits into. Family, Fam- family, family friendly, family friendly, like, co- like like coffee shop, I guess. Which I wonder is Mom's got a date with a vampire going to be on Disney Plus? Like everything's going to be on Disney Plus. I got to imagine they put that on there. I have no idea. It's not like Disney's reaching out to me after 19 years to tell me where the movie's airing. Are you not getting like, like residuals for that? No, no. We How, shot it in Canada. Canada doesn't get residuals? After a contract. No. Oh, man. Damn it, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Blame oh. Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're you're fa- not, not the genre that obviously you've been, like I said, you've been in a number of different genres. You have fans from all different you know genres, but what, what do you enjoy the most? Or do you enjoy like a specific genre the most? I don't. I don't have a specific genre. Ah. Um, <sighs> It's hard to really say. I um, I love auto. I, I love autobiographies. Um, bio, sorry, biographies, documentaries, mm-hmm. um, dramas. I'm not. I've like. I haven't watched This Is Us. I'm not into the weeping shows. Sure. Um, I'm more into, uh, detective work. Um, trying to break down the story, like Mine Hunters. Uh, I love period pieces. I'm 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 kind of all over the place, to be honest with you. It's whatever's uh, I'm craving. Mm-hmm. Depends on the the month and the year. Everything you know in life changes, and and so what I want to watch adjusts with that. And and if I'm working on a project, um, I'll watch project similar to that vibe and genre just to get into the headspace that makes sense yeah i mean that makes complete sense i mean you're so your tastes are changing from how you're feeling i get that um but you don't like sci-fi i i don't not like it i'm i'm not uh an avid 
sure. watcher. Have you watched uh, Star Wars? Yes, but only in the last five years. So, like, have I had I seen it begrudgingly? Uh, I uh, a boyfriend had me watch it, and same with Star Trek. Okay. Um, like those movies, like Indiana Jones. I mean, that's not. Mm. I know that's not sci-fi, but like the guys, guys. <laughs> My dad would watch it, so I'd watch it with him. But I was never really – it couldn't hold my attention span. Sure. What, um, what about something I like – I appreciate it as oh, – I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I was just going to say I appreciate it as a, a film, as, a, an, as an art form. All right. What about like Back <laughs> to the Future? Michael J. Fox? Yeah, love it. Love Michael J. Fox. Okay. Back to the Future is brilliant. Love it. Um, all of those films like the Sweet Sixteen uh, – Pretty in Pink. Okay. You know? Yeah. The old school breakfast club stuff. stuff like that. Yeah. Grew up loving Hitchcock. Yeah. Oh yeah. Underrated. Yeah. Like, I don't think that people, I was trying to explain to my friend recently about uh rear window and they're like, yeah. Nope. They had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, okay, did you see Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf? Yes. It's like that. It, that's sad. Um, I'm looking, as you said that at a picture on my wall, a big black and white uh, shot that uh, I bought. From rear window, um, like a behind-the-scenes photo with Hitchcock and his actors. Um, that's how much of a fan I am. Yeah, Hitchcock. I mean, and, and, Vertigo, Birds, obviously Psycho. There's so many. There's so many movies. Yeah. They're so good. And it's. I don't think we we were talking about something as simple as um, like Nightmare on Elm Street the other day on a podcast, and how things like that that are relatively obviously Nightmare on Elm Street is 30 years old. Uh, but they don't, they're not relevant anymore. Like nobody's seeking out older films. And that's not even a film that I consider old or even like a, a great movie. It's certainly important to like that genre, but people don't seek those movies out anymore. And it bums me out. Like everybody just wants to watch like superhero movies or remakes yeah. of remakes of remakes. And it's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I entirely agree with you. Um, I am though excited for uh, Doctor Sleep. Oh yeah, which which is uh, have you seen the trailers for that? That's the continuation of The Shining. Yeah, so we had a, a conversation about that, um, and and some of my friends were down on it because obviously The Shining is The Shining, and they don't. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah, Doctor Sleep is an actual Stephen King book, <laughs> so they think it's just like a money grab by the studio to to put this out, and it's not. It's an actual. Mm. It's, a, it's an actual book and it, it continues the story. And I mean, again, you and McGregor, Ewan McGregor's in it. So I'm going to probably see anything Ewan McGregor's in. Yeah, totally. So. Yep. All right. So I'm, I'm going to let you go, but I, I just have a few questions before. So kind of rapid fire. This is a podcast oh, we're doing coming up and it's, it's titled uh, movies for the rest of your life. I'm going to ask you five questions and I just want to kind of just tell me what you think. Oh, the pressure's on. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. This is this is what you think. This is not a right or wrong answer. I don't know. We'll see about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? Death Becomes Her. Easy. Uh, if you could only watch one actor's catalog for the rest of your life, good and bad, what would it be? Or who would it be? No, that's a little, that's a little uh... tough one. That's tricky because I admire many different actors, okay. uh, but I'm going to have to go with Meryl Streep because we know anything she does is going to be solid. Yeah, and it, like a hundred Academy Award nominations and wins, yep. right? Yeah. Did you watch Big Lies or Big Little Lies? 
Uh, I did. Okay. My wife is watching that now for whatever reason. Every time I walk in and she's watching it, it looks like she's watching the same episode. <laughs> I, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you could only watch one director's movies for the rest of your life, who would it be? Um. See, this is a tough one too. We're talking Hitchcock. I mean, there's so many different. Uh, who would you pick? Uh, I I would pick. It, it's difficult because I, I knee jerk reaction. I'd go Spielberg, right? Mm-hmm, but if mm-hmm. I watch Spielberg movies, then I have to watch like Schindler's List all the time or Saving mm-hmm. Private Ryan, which are amazing films, but I don't want to watch those all the time. Like right. it's a lot. Yeah. Um. So I would probably pick Burton because so much early Tim Burton is like masterpieces, and they're yeah. not like overtly heavy movies and they have like really good run times like Beetlejuice for instance I could watch Beetlejuice all the time for sure yeah I'm gonna go with Tim Burton too perfect because uh, you said it <laughs> uh so something this is a this is an important question to me if you could only listen to one soundtrack or score for the rest of your life because oh my god scores are so important to me in films like to me they make and break oh movies. yeah yeah that's um, probably a more difficult one so we can skip that if you want. We can pass. I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna say Garden State soundtrack. Per, that's a that's a great one. Great music. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, did you watch Booksmart? Yes, I did. Such a great soundtrack in that too. Such a great yeah, and she did such a great job job directing that, and the actresses were yeah, great. The actresses, it's were, fun. Yeah, everybody was great in that movie. And I thought, yeah, Olivia Wilde is a pretty talented filmmaker. Yeah, and I just want to say I entirely related to the leads. <laughs> I don't know what that tells you about me, but that was me. Do we need to unpack that? I know we said we're going to go. Should we unpack that a little bit? or? I'll just tell I didn't have a lot of friends. I was a bookworm. I studied hard. I didn't party, didn't drink, didn't date. Just wanted to get straight A's and then came out of it going, well, now it's too late to do any of that. So, yeah, like what was uh, that all for? I, yeah, yeah, I didn't have any fun. Um, and we're all still going to the same university. So um, yeah, that's how I related. All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Last question. If you could, if you had to eliminate one genre of movies that you couldn't watch going forward, what would it be? If I had to remove a genre that I you, could never watch. Yep. If you had to pick a genre that you were not allowed to watch any movies from that genre for the rest of your life, which genre would it be? Like, I know what it would be for me. What? Romantic comedies. Oh, that's evil of you to There's say. There's so many. There's a lot of good ones. Uh, there's like My Best Friend's Wedding. There's a number of really, really good romantic comedies, mm-hmm. but there's a lot mm-hmm. of really bad ones. Mm. But you could say that about um, horror movies, I guess, too. I would say... What would you consider like... Um... Uh, like Hannah Reeves movies, um, like Matrix, Ma- like that Wick. that genre. What would that genre be? Well, Matrix would definitely be sci-fi. Action? Matrix, sci-fi? I think sci-fi. Yeah, John Wick action. I would say sci-fi. <laughs> you're you're breaking my heart. But I love you, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is a goddamn national treasure. Like he's a goddamn Canadian national treasure. He, there you go. Everybody, you know, he's like in his mid fifties. I, I, I just want to like brag for a second because I, I don't like Los Angeles, but the cool thing sometimes <laughs> is you see, you see people. Sure. And I was going to my favorite restaurant to pick up my takeout dinner to eat by myself. And I was parked in the parking lot 
um, and a motorcycle pulled up beside my car and the guy was like full on leather helmet was on. I kid you not. He put the kickstand down, (laughs) took the helmet off, did a full on like head and shoulders, hair, slow motion wave and looked over at me and smiled and then walked into the restaurant. And I was like, Oh, that did not disappoint. That's exactly what I would have expected. Like he was, it was, he was exactly like he is on camera. So, so that's your like moment with Keanu Reeves. That was my moment. <laughs> I have one last question. You do not have okay. to answer it. Okay. If you had to open your phone, who is the most famous person in your phone? That's a dangerous question. Yeah, we don't. You don't have to answer it. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to answer that <laughs> just for many reasons. All right. Well, Laura, this has been fun. I appreciate you spending, you know, a little bit of time talking to me. Um, Got it. Yeah, I don't know. I just appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had fun too. Thank you. Yep. And tell Frankie and Sloan I said hello. Not Cameron. Though. I will. Not Cameron. Because Cameron's the cat and he's an asshole. Yeah, no cats. No, I actually love Cameron now. I love him for being an asshole now. So Doesn't he like piss in your shoes? He used to piss on the bed, oh, but that that was just like the first couple weeks because he was new in the house now he just like occasionally bites you but he's 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 a sweet cat and i love him to death so we you you have to say hi to cameron all too. right hi cameron is it thank is you is he being is he like reformed because he's in canada so he's like turning into more laid back no you know what happened is because he was pissing on the bed i made cat for adoption flyers with his face on it and showed it to him <laughs> And I kid you not, by the next day, he no longer pissed on the bed. And you told him he's adopted and he freaked out. Yeah. No, I just showed him that I threatened that I was going to put him up for adoption. <laughs> All right. Poor Cameron. All right. I would never do that, no, by the way. So. But okay. Yeah. Hi, Cameron, as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you later. All right, everyone. That is my conversation with Laura Vandervoort. Uh, thank you to Laura for being on. It was awesome. You could make the time. Like I said earlier, she was the first person that I wanted to interview on the pod. So I'm pretty excited that that got to happen. You can give her a follow on Instagram at SuperVandy. You can also give her a follow on Twitter at Vandykins22. You can follow her upcoming film, The Age of Dysphoria, on Instagram at The Age of Dysphoria Film. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at The Morning Geekdom. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Morning Geekdom. You can also use those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts. Uh, Give us a rate review. Subscribe on Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And we will do it again next week. Shout out to Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman.